Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Well, it's not actually Sharon and Becky today. It's Yvonne and Becky. <laughs> um, Sharon is on a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's just the two of us. But let me all start by introducing myself. I'm Becky Olson. I'm a three-time, 21-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And now I get the privilege of having our wonderful and most favorite Woo-hoo. guest co-host, Yvonne, introduce herself. Take it away, Yvonne. Oh, thank you, Becky. It's always such a privilege to be back here. And um, I myself am a seven-year survivor of stage three breast cancer. And I like to think of myself as a warrior woman. And uh, I am, oh, yes, I tell you what, I have a shield and everything. And (laughs) I, I have to say one of the greatest joys of my journey with cancer has been coming out on the other side and being able to work with breast friends as a patient coordinator and and advocate. I think the the thing we all go through um, cancer taking with us is the desire to serve. And that's really what um, my experience with breast friends and with Becky and with Sharon has taught me is that, you know, there are such amazing opportunities to reach out to other women. And I think this radio show is one of those opportunities that I am very blessed to be a part of. So thank you for having (laughs) me back today. (laughs) And sweetheart, you are such a natural. I mean, I, I wouldn't have to send you any kind of scripting whatsoever I just like we've always joked just hand the woman a microphone wind her up and let her go you know <laughs> you know today before we get uh, before we introduce our guest I wanted to kind of share a little a little something that's on my heart we are today going to be talking about the healing journey and how we all process grief differently you know everybody out there I don't care who you are what walk of life you're in we all survive something you know diff- difficult things come our way whether it's a personal diagnosis or loss of a loved one or some other trauma, we all, you know, process it and and hold it in in different ways. And it's hard to let go. And I'm really excited because our program today, we're going to talk a bit about that. But one of the things that we try to do in our work in Breast Friends is we really try to encourage the women we support to be around positive people as much as they can, because it is so easy, you know, to get caught up in that that negativity. and, And sometimes one of the worst things we can do is just kind of stay alone and and just surround ourselves with all of our grief and angst and not have anybody there, you know, to really demonstrate love. And, you know, an example of that happened for me last week. I got some kind of difficult news and I'm not in a position to really talk about that news yet, but it was pretty hard. And I, (laughs) I threw myself a little pity party. I got in my (laughs) recliner chair with my, we call him our therapy dog, but he's kind of really more in therapy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. He's he's my little, my little joy dog. And he sat on my lap for the rest of the day. And we watched mindless television all day long. (laughs) And I really, I needed to do that because otherwise my head was too wrapped up in what, what I was going through. And but the thing that happened is I went to bed finally. I had to take some nighttime PM or something to get to sleep. But when I woke up in the morning, that party was over. You know, I needed to just say, okay, enough of that party. You go 
go away now. And I got Those up and I went to girl work. panties came on, yeah, didn't they? It, <laughs> it is not always easy, but but the point of this message is it's okay to throw yourself a pity party. If you get hit with something that is so devastating that, that you just need that time, we just really beg you and encourage you, don't live there. And Yvonne, I know you've had a kind of a tough thing happen this last week, and it's not over yet. Do you mind sharing that a little bit? Yeah, I, I certainly will, because I know our listeners out there, um, you're kind of like family to us, and um, I uh, experienced a devastating loss. My father passed away two weeks ago, and it's been a, a, a roller coaster. I kind of equate the process to being in the ocean, and you, you kind of ride these waves of grief and sadness and anger and emotional uh, just managing what's happening and, and in most cases we feel like we're okay we're kind of riding those waves and we're riding those waves and we're doing okay and we're putting one foot in front of the other but then all of a sudden out of nowhere a sneaker wave hits <laughs> and I, I can tell you um, it's it's been a little stormy in both my my sister and my mom and my myself's world where we have each experienced our own sneaker waves but what's really been a blessing for the three of us and our extended family is that we have each other and we have reached out to each other in ways that I think women going through cancer need to learn how to do which is to allow yourself to have those sneaker wave moments Um, you know yes it's always going to be a high and a low during this process whether it's cancer or it's Mm -hmm. grief or whatever else you're going through you're going to ride those waves and you're going to find ways to cope but you know what if every once in a while a big bad tsunami hits you um, guess what it's okay you can reach out for whatever life raft you need to reach out to whether it's your faith your friends, your family, um, your puppy dog, um, <laughs> I do love him. television, <laughs> an occasional tasty cocktail, <laughs> all of these things I can personally attest to being yeah. the thing that not only during my cancer journey, but now during the process of grieving for the loss of my father, I have learned so many lessons from breast cancer that I'm now able to really manage this wave role much better so thank you for for sharing becky and and for all the support at breast friends i will tell all of you out there that breast friends is a family and not only our inner circle here in our office but our extended circle with our patients and the women we support Um, there's been a a outpour of love so thank you to all of you well and you know yvonne just as a testimony to your spirit i mean you haven't even buried your father yet it's coming up soon and yet she was able to be on the show today as my co-host so I really appreciate that and that just speaks to your strength as a human being so on that note we're going to move on and what I loved Yvonne and what you were sharing is you described it as waves of grief and our guest today is Rebecca Pine she's an author and a workshop facilitator for breast and sea which I think might have something to do with waves I don't know we're going to find out but (laughs) we are going to explore body image self-acceptance and reclaiming wholeness and this is something that I think we all try to do and I'm gonna I'm so excited to learn more and Rebecca was diagnosed with her own battle of breast cancer in 2009 and she's developed a unique approach to healing through mindfulness nature and creative expression welcome Rebecca why don't you take a minute and tell us about you thanks for joining us thank you so much Becky and Yvonne for having me here today it's really wonderful to meet you both 
And thank I just you. want to take a moment and say, Yvonne, I'm so sorry for your loss. And thank you. What you shared is deeply true. Everything about grief and the grieving process. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you very much. So yeah. why don't you let's get this ball rolling because we got a lot to mm-hmm. talk about. So Rebecca, That's why don't it. you just start? Tell us, give us a little background about you and what do you do? How you got into this? You know, just it's your turn to talk. <laughs> so go okay. for it. All right. Well, I've interviewed over 70 breast cancer survivors, survivors and breast cancer patients, and I'm working on a book, writing, focusing on the inner healing process, including lots of tools and tips to help the reader. I also lead workshops, often at the sea, to help participants embrace themselves exactly as they are. So you say at the sea. So where, what, you're, you live on the East Coast, right? I do, I do. I live on Long Island, New York. Oh, you oh. do. So you have a lot of water around you then. This makes it kind of easy, doesn't it? Cool. I've never been to Long Island, but I, you know, it, it's one of those things that I probably need to do someday. So well, carry on. Maybe. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's many other places that I think are much more, more beautiful, but the ocean here has uh, been a real bomb for me as I was yeah. going through breast cancer and many other things in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm an eight-year survivor, and when I was newly diagnosed, I found that there were few resources that dealt with the emotional aspects of cancer, and I mm-hmm. really wanted to create something that was more accessible to help others going through breast cancer to feel more connected, supported, and whole. Mm-hmm. So there were also not that many photos that were available online in 2009, and I found that it's really hard to make surgical decisions when you can't quite picture how it's going to look on your, on your body, and it really helps yeah. to see the bodies of others having yeah. the same surgeries that you're considering. That's really true. Uh, you know, I have to I have to share a little quick fun story. I had a yes. I had what they call the deep flap surgery because you know I've had breast cancer three times, and after my second time, I had a mastec- oh a double mastectomy, and then I had a third time. I had radiation, and my only option for reconstruction at that point was was this deep flap procedures where they take the tissue from the tummy, and thank goodness I had plenty to make <laughs> two breasts out of it. And what was funny is I did look through my doctor's book of before and afters, and they were lovely, and but what he didn't show me was the middle part. You know, so when I had the surgery, I came home from the hospital. I had tubes coming out everywhere. And when I walked into his office, he says, how are you doing? I said, I feel like a science experiment. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you showed me before and after, but you didn't show me all this. And he says, were you expecting Mm -hmm. something different? (laughs) It's like, I don't know what I was expecting. But (laughs) anyway, yeah, yeah. (laughs) kind of funny. Yeah, Yeah. but now we show people if they want to see it, I just bring them in the office. We go in the back room, lift up my shirt and show them whatever it is that they need to see. And, you know, (laughs) there aren't a lot of pictures. You're right. And there still aren't a lot of pictures, I don't think. Mm hmm. Yes, that's wonderful that you do that. It really is a gift to help people to feel more comfortable. And you're absolutely right. That middle part is is very important for people to know when they're going through breast cancer. Mm -hmm. There's so much that I think there's assumptions about what you're going to go through on the medical perspective. And as a patient, there's, there's lots of unknowns and it can all be very scary. Yeah. So how did you make that transition from finding out that you had breast cancer to actually getting, you know, through this, process did you did you start to use this process that you have now or did you kind of tackle it differently in the beginning I did start with the same tools that I'm sharing and I've been finding them of course (laughs) over the years but um, being with nature is something that's been a really huge part of my life 
for as long as I can remember. And it's usually the woods, uh, the mountains, but in Long Island, there's not as much of those things, so I found this feat. And I never would have expected to be involved photographically in this kind of work, but before mm. I had my second mastectomy, I hired photographer Miana June, and she did a portrait session for me, and it was very, very healing. It made a big impact on my healing process. And so together we created the Breast in the Sea Project to incorporate survivor photographs as well. Oh, that's so wonderful. Now, did you go through standard treatment, chemo, radiation, you know, after your mastectomy? How did how'd that go? Or what did you do? I, I have the BRCA1 gene, which I discovered okay. when I was diagnosed as well. I knew that my mother had it. We had a strong family history. Um, and that helped me to be diagnosed quite early, which was, a, a, I think, a huge blessing because I was already being monitored and I, I, this okay. was my second mammogram that I had had when I was 33. And that showed a regular clustering of cells. And so when I was diagnosed, it was able to be very early stage. So um, I was stage one and my medical team had said that that's, uh, I could do chemo or not do chemo and I opted not to do that. So okay. everyone, everyone's different. Every case is different. Um, I, I feel truly blessed that I feel lucky that, that mm-hmm. many, many people who go through breast cancer don't have that experience. And Rebecca, touching on your your comment about nature and coming through your journey and your love of nature, I I work directly with the patients here, and um, one of the things that I talk to them about is is many times they'll tell me that they've gone for walks or they've taken their dog out or they've you know they've said oh yeah I've I, I you know I'm going for walks I'm trying to get outside I'm trying to you know be out there and get some fresh air and I said. But are you stopping as you're walking and are you looking mm-hmm. around? Are you mm-hmm. breathing? Are you taking in the colors? Are you taking in the texture? And I, I think what happens is um, whether it's, again, dealing with a diagnosis or grief, we tend to almost put blinders on and move forward with what is happening to us. And we stop t- and don't stop to do what, what I like to refer to as those in-between moments, you know, in-between the appointments and in between this and in between writing an obituary, whatever it happens to be, um, there are opportunities to breathe and to, you know, feel the sunshine on your face, look at the grass, look at the flowers, listen to the noises when you're out in the, the forest. And it's, it's not just about going for a walk is what I tell them. And I think from seeing what I've seen of your work, I think that's kind of your message too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I think that there's tremendous benefit to being present, to being in the moment. And otherwise, life can just pass us by. I think we spend so much time focused on worrying about the past and the future. And really, it's just the present moment that's all that we have to deal with. And I think that can be a very empowering thing when we're going through grief or difficulty. We can just stop ourselves and breathe, like you said, and just check in with yourself, see what's going on, how do you feel right now, what are the sensations you're experiencing, what are you noticing, and if we can live like that through a difficult experience, it gives, I think, a sense of ease, there can be, it can Mm -hmm. be a little ease, but that can be huge when you're going through something really tremendous, 
to have that time and space. And it builds on itself and helps really to heal, to just allow ourselves to breathe, be present, relax. And we only have to get through one moment at a time. That's right. You know, I want to go back to one quick thing that you said earlier, um, Rebecca, and that is, well, first off, you said that you were, you were, you're BRCA1. And for some of our listeners who may be kind of new at all of this, BRCA1 is one of the two main, I guess, first found um, genetic mutations that um, would, would indicate a hereditary case of breast cancer, and it's BRCA1 and BRCA2. Now, some people will test negative for that, but that doesn't mean that there isn't some other genetic mutation that just maybe hasn't been discovered yet or isn't as common. But once you have that genetic mutation, then your risk of cancer actually developing cancer goes up, which is probably why they were being so um, so diligent in checking you. And then the second thing is that you caught it at, at a very early stage, which is also a blessing because the earlier you catch it, um, the less invasive the treatments can be. Mm-hmm. And did you find that to be your experience? You know, based on what you said, it feels like it was, but. I, I did, I did. And I mean, I, I know other people who have had stage one and they've had chemo and some have not. It's really individual between the, the person who's diagnosed and whether male or female, and, and sure. their medical team, you know, what they feel is best. Right. Well, listen, we're going to actually take a, a short break, and we have a lot more to talk about, so we're going to pick up everything we didn't get to in this first segment on the second side, and um, just stay tuned with us. We'll be back in a minute. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. 
To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about healing the inner scars of breast cancer with our guest, Rebecca Pine. And Rebecca, I I wanted to ask you to describe kind of in detail how your work benefits the cancer community and and what makes your approach with survivors unique. Well, much of my work revolves around body image. Breast cancer is so unique in the way that it transforms the body. We live in a society that focuses so much on the physical form and shape of a woman. It's at every newsstand, on TV commercials. Mm-hmm. And so it's really not surprising that I think that losing parts of our bodies that are deemed the most feminine can contribute to some kind of dissatisfaction with our bodies since we don't match up with the typical curves that a woman has. Right, and right. And I believe very strongly that we're all whole, we are all beautiful, just the way we are. And it's up to each of us to really allow ourselves permission to nurture ourselves and claim that for ourselves. And I think that we all have that inside of ourselves. It's just that there's just so much conditioning that we have to look a certain way, act a certain way, dress a certain way, all of those things. Oh, the media is our enemy, that's for sure. And, and oh, your, yeah. work in, your work involves healing the, the inner scars of breast cancer. What exactly are these inner scars? I define the inner scars of breast cancer as the emotional and spiritual healing journey. So mm-hmm. it really incorporates self-acceptance, reclaiming a sense of wholeness, and redefining beauty, whatever that means to each of us. And we each have our own process of coming to terms with our diagnosis in the aftermath. You asked me just a minute ago, too, about what makes my work unique. I integrate nature, self-reflection, and artistic expression, and I think that that makes it a really unique approach. These are elements that I've been working with for a long time, and I have a background as a naturalist and herbalist and environmental educator, and I'm also a long-time meditator. Wow. I've experienced a little bit in the area of art therapy. Is this kind of along that line, or is it something different than that? I can't speak for sure about that because I'm neither. I, I'm not an artist, as far as I would define, mm-hmm. and I'm not a therapist either. But okay. creative expression uh, probably would fall somewhere in the spectrum of those things. And for me, it's really about tapping into the creative nature, which uses different pathways in the brain and helps us to tune into our subconscious. And, you know, it sounds kind of scientific mumbo-jumbo, but really, whatever somebody's drawn to, whether it's drawing or photography or writing or whatever it is, I think it doesn't really matter. But just allowing yourself to try something and the whole process, it just helps us to tap into deep-set things and... Uh, to release things and, and, and process and integrate them in a new way can be very powerful. Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would imagine, you know, in that process, you probably have some really specific tools or tips um, that you can share with our listeners that you found to be really, really powerful. Sure. Well, I would suggest finding something creative that you feel drawn to. I think that's always important rather than 
something that you think you should do. And it's also, I think, a real key to just let go of any judgment and ideas about how you think something should come out. And I'll tell you, quite honestly, when I write in my journal, I'm just processing. It's just meant to be a mess. It's for my eyes only. Let yourself have that space. You know, you can, you can go back and there might be some gems in there that you can pick out for something else later. But if you can just let it be a safe space for yourself to process whatever it is that you're going through, then uh, it really frees something up inside. And it's not stuck in your mind. You're not going over and over it again so much. It's, it allows us to move into a new pathway, a new place of understanding or accepting things like that. Yeah, that's absolutely. Important. Yeah, that's amazing. I think art therapy and music and nature, I mean, these are yeah. all tools that uh, if we can find a way to tap into them, um, our journey is going to be so much easier, regardless of what it is. Absolutely. And if you want to start with something that's artistic, like drawing or sculpting with clay, I think if we just go into it knowing that it's, we're not going to produce a Picasso right off the bat. We're just gonna, <laughs> oh, darn. I don't want to do it mess. then if I can't do it right. <laughs> well, and, and I think the adult coloring book industry owes yeah. us a world of thanks for the fact that we have reintroduced, you know, the entire world to the fact that, that coloring books are mm-hmm. probably one of the simplest ways to just, you know, <laughs> redirect your mind and there's nothing better. I mean, I'm oh, sorry. I yeah. just think it's great. I don't always color within the lines, though, but I guess... And I don't always <laughs> paint things the color they're supposed to be either, you know. <laughs> Going back to Picasso for a second, there are some people who think he couldn't draw either, you know. <laughs> and he made a, he yeah. made a career of it. <laughs> well, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And I think it's great not to color inside the lines, too. I mean, I think we have to have permission to just be yeah. able to make a mess. And sometimes if we let ourselves make something really dark or ugly or scary, that's, that might be the feeling that we're dealing with right then and there. And to Very produce revealing. that, yeah. yes, can yeah. help us to overcome and transform and change those dark, scary feelings. So are these some of the things that you do when you're at your um, retreats, the Breast and Sea retreats that you hold? Is, is, are these the activities that a person might expect from that? We do some some artistic expression activities in each workshop, yes. Okay. So whether it's, okay. you know, some, some, in some cases working with clay or something simple, there's a lot of different things that we incorporate throughout the day. Excellent. But, um, I think it's an important aspect of healing, and I highly recommend it to anyone. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, you know, I, I chose writing kind of was my path when I was, you know, kind of going through this. I, I, I'm not a jur, I don't journal per se, like some people do, but I decided that I wanted to write a book and I Mm -hmm. just kind of started focusing on one thing I've learned about writing a book though. You never sit down to write a book because you'll never do it. A book is a big project, (laughs) but, but when you start to write a book, just start to write a paragraph, you know, write a paragraph. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon that turns into yeah. a chapter and it turned into a book. So that's how I got mine done. But, um, but yeah, there's, we all have different ways to kind of show that creative outlet. And, and what comes out on those pages or in your drawings, it, that's yours. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean you have to publish what you wrote or publish what you did. You, but it, it is very helpful. Wouldn't you agree, Yvonne? I know you've got some very creative outlets yourself. Oh, absolutely. And and I think one of the things I've learned, because I am actually managing um, a very painful side effect of my cancer treatment, which is peripheral neuropathy. And, you know, it is mm-hmm. one of those chronic pains. 
things that you have to learn to manage within your world. And I, I visited a pain center, and one of the things that the doctor there told me, which I'd already kind of discovered on my own, but to have it validated by somebody that has a PhD behind their name makes it, you know, to me that makes it so much more important. But what he said mm-hmm. was that when your brain is activated in the quadrant that is created, So if you're doing art, you're writing, you're singing, you're doing whatever it is that is activating that part of your brain, that part of your brain is actually releasing enzymes and chemicals and all the things that it does that supersedes the pain signals that your body would be normally getting. And you will actually find yourself developing a way to relieve some of the pain uh, in a very natural way. And I do find that if I am engaging myself in something artistic, whatever that happens to be, uh, I like to fluff things, as Becky will know. I like to do displays and make things look pretty. And <laughs> You're so, so good I, at it. I tell you what, I can fluff things better than the next girl. So anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I'm doing something like that, which it's not art in the true sense of the word, but it's visual. And if I'm concentrating on that, my pain will almost disappear. So, you know, for the listeners out there, as much as you may think, you know, oh, gee, this sounds fine, but I'm sure it's not going to help me. There is scientific evidence behind the fact that what Rebecca is sharing really is a tool that can help you on your journey. So, you know, anyone, give it a try. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Rebecca, let me ask you a question. I know you talk a lot about um, for people to re- reconnect in the natural world. What if you live in the middle of a big city and there's just not that much, quote, nature around you? What, what do you do? Well, there's always nooks tucked away. There's parks okay. and cities. Cities are also often built up around bodies of water. And it doesn't take much, really. I mean, there's, there's going to be a, a breeze. You can look up at the sun or there's a tree in the middle of a busy street, you know, parked in the, in the midway place. And it doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be some big, pristine thing. It can be a little tiny backyard. But the most important thing, I think, is to just take time to connect. And mm-hmm. I think nature speaks so powerfully to us because we are... You know, we're animals as well. You know, we have an animal mm-hmm. nature and we depend on the earth entirely just as much as all the other living creatures do. So things like plants and animals and the wind and the, the sun, those things really speak deeply to us. And mm-hmm. it, it just can be very healing to spend time with the earth, maybe maybe bury your feet in the sand or... Oh, I love that. Uh, re- Breathe in the smell of the autumn leaves as they're, you know, in the, in the fall or notice the colors of spring. It can be very subtle and you can do mm-hmm. whatever you feel guided to do, mm-hmm. but there's, there's so much there for us and, it, and it's so peaceful and relaxing. I just had a, a, an interesting, I, excuse me, Rebecca, I had an interesting thought yes. pop into my head. The solar eclipse, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't that just a gigantic all-encompassing everybody in in the world had one of those moments. It's true, all at the Mm. same time. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a powerful experience. And and I think that there's also moments like that each and every day. I mean, that's another thing that's beautiful about nature, that the sun rises and it sets. And if we can look at these things 
for the miracles that they are. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. maybe some people that sounds a little silly, but these are there are everyday miracles. I think, and mm-hmm. the more that we notice them and appreciate them, I think it cultivates something really good inside of ourselves too. And it really does support what Yvonne said a few minutes ago about, you know, when you mm-hmm. go out and take that walk in nature, don't just take the walk, yeah. observe. And that's, Rebecca, what yeah. I'm hearing you say. It's mm-hmm. not enough to just go outside. I mean, you can get the fresh air, which is very, very powerful. And, and walking is good for exercise. But for what you're talking about, healing those inner scars, stop. What was that old saying? Stop and smell the roses. Yeah. Stop mm-hmm. and smell the roses. Breathe the air. Yeah. Look at the grass. Look at the trees. My dog loves to look at squirrels. In fact, <laughs> Probably is going to react to that because I just said his favorite word, but uh, <laughs> it's it's true. You know, it's it's that observing. You know what's going on around us that helps take our mind off of the other stuff. You know that that we're dealing with. So, thank you for that. I, I think Yvonne, you had another couple questions that you wanted to ask. Yeah, I was I was interested about your writing career. You said you're starting to write a book. How old were you when you actually started writing? I was nine years old. I woke up from a deep dream, and I wrote that down, and I just kind of never stopped from there. Really? That's something that's always been a really big part of my self-reflection and my processing. I bet that's fun to go back and read. I want to know about that dream (laughs) that inspired you to write. Is that something you can talk about or not? Uh, We'll save that for another time. All right. (laughs) All right. I know I had I had one of those wake up from a dream experiences and I got up and started writing about it and it led to a whole new kind of speech topic for me which I'm just kind of starting to roll out now but but yeah dreams can be very powerful tools I do believe that yeah. so yeah and, and you know Rebecca you've also share- talked oh should go ahead oh sorry I just wanted to share also that I think part of what speaks so deeply to us about nature is it also kind of mirrors what's inside of us. Sometimes we can be feeling really low and see something that's very moving or inspiring or just, I don't know, just we notice the wholeness of nature. And I think that can really help to foster the feeling of that that's also within us. Mm-hmm. Most yeah, definitely. that's good. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads to the whole mindfulness and meditation. That's a whole nother, you know, the, the art and the, the visualization outdoors. But there's also a really strong definition of mindfulness and meditation. Maybe you can talk to how you use that in your work. Sure. I, I lead guided meditations when I do the workshops. And I think that it can be a really nice way for people to start meditating if they're not meditators already because you don't have to do much. You don't have to worry about shutting down your thoughts. You just follow the voice of the person who's leading the guided meditation. And uh, it it can really help to just calm and soothe and relax us. And with mindfulness, that's a tool that I can't recommend highly enough. I mean, it's just something that it's, You don't have to go anywhere. You don't need a fancy degree. All it takes is just looking within, and I like to suggest pausing, reflecting, and breathing. And if we can just kind of get into a groove of checking in with ourselves throughout the day, and there doesn't have to be a really strict regime about it or anything, but something just to work on and and notice because I think the more we pay attention externally and also internally, which I don't think we do as much in general, um, it, it just helps us be more whole and, and, and live more present, rich lives. 
Yeah, and I've seen some benefit for myself personally in that area. I mean, I, I can't say I've attended a guided meditation type course, but when I've sampled yoga here and there, sometimes they'll have you, you know, lay down and, and just relax and they'll talk to you about your arms, feel your arms getting heavy and, you know, and is is that kind of the same thing or is it is it different than that? Uh, similar, similar. I, I use a lot of nature themes with my guided meditations. That's okay. where I have a lot of uh, my own background, so that's mm-hmm. that's what um, works with me. But it can okay. be any any number of, of things. Yes. Okay. There's, and there's well, let me ask you one other. Let me ask you one other question before we go out to break, because mm-hmm. we do we'll go out in about another minute or so, but. I know, for example, we talked about, you know, Yvonne is our, we, we kind of give everybody names in the office and Yvonne's our fluffer and she's very creative. <laughs> and so creativity is a very simple thing for her. Sharon, the other co-founder of Breast Friends, she's a very creative person. She she paints, she does photography, she does a lot of things that just kind of really fill that need. I'm I'm creative in some ways, but not in that same way that these ladies are. How does somebody like me, who doesn't always feel creative, how can we benefit from creative expression? Mm, that's a really good question. I think that there's something creative in almost any task that we can do, and that could come out in cooking. It could come out in really even cleaning. I mean, I would look at what are the things that you feel more, most relaxed and comfortable doing? What are the things that you most enjoy? It could be fixing a motorcycle. It doesn't have to go in the, in the traditional artistic kind of, uh, I don't know, it doesn't have to be something painting or that kind of creativity, but there, there are creative elements to anything really. I mean, you can be a creative teacher. You can be like a, a school teacher. You can be uh, creative in your baking. It could be, you know, whatever it is, working with animals. I think you mentioned your dog. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. There, there are creative aspects to being a good friend or being a good partner or whatever whatever it is. Um, I think, yeah, I think that makes sense. all of us could be extra. Yeah, that, you know, that makes sense. And, and I, I, that I can relate to. I just, when I think of creative people, I think about those people who can create a piece of art and put it on a wall mm-hmm. and have people go, wow, that's really cool. That's what I always think of when I think of creative, but you're right. There's, yes. you know, I get creative when I'm cleaning my house. Sometimes I challenge myself to put everything in the basket and then take the, ba- don't leave that room until that room is clean. I guess that's a creative way to clean my house. right? <laughs> so, yeah, and I do yeah. paint my walls creative colors. So I guess there's something to that. Well, listen, kiddo, we're going to take another break and we will be back in a minute. Stay tuned. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. 
Our Women's Cancer Program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high-risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about healing the inner scars of breast cancer with our guest, Rebecca Pine. And this has been great conversation, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Thank you Definitely. so much. Listen, I wanted to ask you, you've appeared in several media outlets on the topic of going flat. And I want to know exactly what that means to you and why is it of interest in the media and how does that pertain to what you do? I know it's a mouthful yeah. question, but I'm sure you can break it down for us. <laughs> and go. Okay. And go. <laughs> well, going flat is a term that refers to not reconstructing. And that can be a choice that someone going through breast cancer may make, or it could be something that happens. They've tried reconstruction and it's failed. Um, there can be infection or something like that, or tissue rejection. And that can lead to a person needing to uh, remove their reconstruction. So uh, it's been of interest in the media because I think that um, more than half of the people that get breast cancer and women as well as men um, do not reconstruct. And I think it's about 54%. And yet there's, there's such a push to have reconstruction. So it seems the media's had an interest and it's also why partially why it's so important to my heart that people know that this is a viable option and it's not just something for this type of person or that type of person, but it can, there's a lot of benefits to not reconstructing. I mean, you bounce back from surgery much faster, you know, moving tissue from one part of the body to another, you can kind of move, move on from your life a lot quicker Mm -hmm. and uh, in most cases. So, so you're um, talking about a paradigm shift, basically, that being reconstructed yeah. is not the only option. And for some people, being just going flat is, is a, a better answer for some people. But it's yes, kind of like yes. the last resort as we think of it. It's, it's you know, you don't want to okay. do that unless you can't do anything else. But am I hearing you say that some people are just choosing that right out of the, right from the get-go? Oh, yes, absolutely. I, okay. I personally, I had an implant to begin with. I had a single mastectomy. And I'm a natural kind of person. I really was uncomfortable with the thought even of having something artificial inside of my body. Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't know enough about it at that time. 
And when I had my second breast removed, which was a prophylactic surgery four years later, I decided to go flat. And uh, up until then, you know, like I said, there, there wasn't much that I could picture. My mother went flat, but I, I didn't see people my own age that were choosing that. And so that's another reason why it's so important for me to share scars of, of myself and within our project because it's, it, if you can see someone that looks sort of like you, whether it's the yeah. age or, you know, the different sizes and shapes of bodies or, or whatever, um, different ethnicities, that can help us to feel more comfortable and confident with our choices. And mm-hmm. for me, when I, when I was contemplating having another major surgery and was I going to reconstruct, I just, I felt so tense inside. And finally, when I was weighing the pros and cons and I, I was thinking about how did I really feel about being flat, I had a sense of ease and peace. So I didn't, I didn't know how it was all going to come out, but um, it's actually, I had my implant removed. I, I totally went flat and um, I'm so much happier personally. Um, Good. without having the reconstruction. So, um, and I, some women, they choose the other option, and that's, you know, don't do the reconstruction, go flat, but then they have um, prosthetics, you know, pr- mm-hmm. fake fake breasts that you put inside of a mastectomy bra so that when you want that option to fill out a dress or a suit yeah. or you want to go someplace where you really don't want to be looked at that way, you can wear those. Do you find that women who make that decision to go flat will do that? Or do they just say, uh-uh, I'm just going flat? What, what do you think is happening there? I think a lot of women wear prosthetics. I would say probably most women who are flat do. But I think okay. there's a growing movement of just being comfortable as you are. And it's okay. up to each of us to decide what that means. And I, I've known men, actually, that have had breast cancer and reconstructed. So it's not just a female thing, not female-male thing. And mm-hmm. there's trans people, of course, as well that have could go through breast cancer, but it's up to each of us to do whatever it is that feels most right to us. And Good. I think that that's, that's why the whole flat movement is important to me because, you know, as long as we know what all the options are and we can make a valid choice and, and make the choice that's best for each of us. Yeah, I, that's really I, good. Go I ahead. Have a, I wanted to add something. I I actually have one of my my women that I'm I'm counseling, and she is right now flat. And we were talking as a group, and she was sharing, you know, the the way she felt and how things how things were going with that decision process. And she said, "The good news is." I can run and it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I just thought, yeah. because I thought, you know, it's it's so typical of these women. And I think as the warriors that we are, we we find those those silver linings. We find those things that we can go, yeah, you know what? I'm making this choice. And because I'm owning my choice, I'm going to see all the positive and not necessarily dwell on all the negative. And I, and I love that spirit in women. It's just amazing. So it sounds like you are, perpetuating with your your particular focus the fact that you know we we are we are all able to make these choices and own them and say yeah it's okay i'm going to do this however i want to do it so congratulations on that yeah, you know, we've yeah. seen a lot of women who who made the decision to go flat, and then they've had tattoos. I mean, beautifully, yeah. Yeah. beautifully tattooed chest area where there are no breasts anymore, but they've got these mm-hmm. chests. In fact, we had one lady, <clears throat> bless her heart, 
at our open house, she lifted her shirt and showed it to the whole world. Yeah. Unfortunately, there were a couple <laughs> of kids there, and we didn't ask ahead of time if that could be the case. Mm. So we don't advise that. I mean, at least be discreet mm-hmm. about it if you're going to show them. But, but it, you know, it was they're beautiful tattoos, and you know, so I know that's a decision a lot of people have made. Um, you know, I don't want to run out of time in this program, and I know you've got some focus on some things. Um, Yvonne, you had a couple questions you wanted to ask her about something coming up. Yeah, you know, I know you. Yeah, I know. I, I'm I'm excited to hear you. you said you had some wonderful things coming up in the next few months and how you're going to expand what you're doing with your work. I'd love if you can share that with us a little bit more. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I'll be leading a workshop at the Living Beyond Breast Cancer Conference from October 6th to 8th in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And wow. that's going to be on navigating surgical decisions, body image, and self-acceptance. Wow. I'm looking forward to that and that will be integrating some some of going flat and the reconstructive options as well. That's wonderful. Um, and then I'll be beginning a program called Embracing Our Inner Scars, an eight-week journey of transformation for survivors, which will begin um, at the later part of October. And that's for people that want to work with me more closely and delving into the inner healing work. So how does that work? It's, you said it's an eight-week... Did you say seminar or, I'm sorry, eight-week what? Journey journey of transformation. So that's going okay. to be something that will be um, online, basically. So people okay. can tune in from anywhere. But we'll, that's, we'll oh, that's work, great. Um, yes. Yeah. Group so is it kind of one-on-one on, one on one online or is it a group class online? How, how does that work? It will be group work and some individual as well. So there's a mix okay. there. Okay. Well, how do people get signed up with that? Because, you know, obviously we would like them, if somebody is interested, because it, if it's online, then they can do this from anywhere in the world, correct? Absolutely, yes. Um, okay. my, my website for that work is RebeccaPine.com. And if they mention the best friends, I'd love to give 15% off of that program. Oh, sweet. Nice. So if they mentioned Brett, that they heard this on Best Friends Radio? Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Okay. Well, we we always like that because we love to have our listeners, you know, pay attention to those kinds of things. So, so you that's know, really good. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, that's fine. No, I I was going to say if we have enough time, I'd kind of like go to go back to the question you had uh, that, or the question we had that was about redefining beauty, and and what does uh, what's that definition to you? If you sort of tell somebody, this is what I feel redefining beauty means. Well, I think that beauty is a word that we all should define for ourselves. And I think not everybody resonates with the term beauty or the idea of beauty, but I think it's one that does pertain a lot to our society and to us as women because, I don't know, I, I don't know if you notice this, if you, if you have children, but everywhere I go, somebody's stopping my daughter and saying, oh, she's so beautiful. And I, I feel like that's, that's such a strong message that our children are getting, that people yeah. feel compelled to say that girls are beautiful and they'll say something to boys, usually like boys are smart. Or, and it, it's just this interesting message. So I think that if we can take the whole word apart and just see what it means to each of us, I mean, to me, it's, it's not about what's on the outside at all. It's really about what's within and not how I look in the mirror, but how I feel inside. And mm-hmm. do I feel strong? Do I feel centered? Do I feel in alignment with what feels right and good? And that, to me, is beauty. And it might oh. mean something different to you, to each of you, mm-hmm. and, and to everybody in the whole world. But it, 
I think however we define it, um, we can also give ourselves permission to change that and Mm -hmm. to have a fluid definition of something, particularly when your body changes so so drastically. And and to find ways of of, um, just moving into loving acceptance of wherever we're at. You know, using that example of what you just gave with your daughter, you know, being having perfect strangers come up and tell her that she's beautiful, would that be, is that a good time to start teaching children about an alternative view of beauty and, and teach them then? Or is it something, how does, we hear that all the time. I've got very pretty children mm-hmm. too, and I, I had those same calls, and all you say is thank you, and you move on, and you don't really deal with it. But you've got such a great handle on this that, do you do anything? What do you say to your daughter when that happens? Thank you. I, for <laughs> as long as I can, as long as I can remember, I would turn to her afterwards and I would say, "But more importantly, you're kind." So yeah. I would just try to oh, focus on other things to show her. And I, I do take time to tell her she's beautiful, also because I think it's important to have that, um, to have that support, and to feel that you're beautiful. But I, I let her know that it's what's on the inside that's most important. We, yeah. we were actually somewhere at a, a little mall, and they were changing the outside. It was like the shopping plaza where we were grocery shopping, and they were remodeling everything. She said, why are they doing that? Don't they know it's what's on the inside that counts? Oh, <laughs> oh that's so great. That's great. You know, I, I'm reminded right now because, well, I know people will be listening to this show, you know, later on down the road or whenever, but it's being filmed right now as America's Got Talent is is airing in, yes. in the 2017 session. And there is that beautiful young woman, oh. who was um, in an airplane accident where her entire, she was traveling with a team and everybody on the on the plane died except for her, but she was so severely, oh, badly burned. burned. Oh, but she is on that stage every week kicking butt and taking names and I, knowing fantastic. how beautiful she's inside. And I, mm. I mean, she's burned severely and she's not hiding any of it. I just, oh, I am so proud of her. So I think the whole country is proud of her. I think she's just beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. And so that's yeah. kind of what you're saying. I mean, she's, yeah. she's opened up to the pot, to the, the fact that she is still beautiful, even though physically oh, yeah. she's got all these challenges and I'm just so proud of her and I, I know her mom's always there with her and it's just it's amazing but she was the only person who lived on that plane crash oh so my goodness. you know incredible. Um, yeah quite a story but listen you know we're, we're out of time um, I'm so sorry okay. uh, so I just want to thank you so much for being a guest yes. on our show and again if you want more information go to rebeccapine.com you can have information about her programming and her workshops coming up. So thank you for being with us. We will be back next week. Oh, you're welcome. And we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there's always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.